and they're stopping the fight. They're stopping the fight. The fight has been stopped. That's the end of everything. The JT and Looney Podcast, episode 14, is a tribute to the life of Harold Letterman. People who love boxing always loved Harold. Matter of fact, there's no such thing as a popular boxing judge. They usually become famous if they screw up. Not in this case. He couldn't screw up. Harold Letterman was the unofficial scorecard keeper for HBO over all those years. If you'll remember Jim Lampley throwing to Harold, and then when Harold was done, he'd say, Jim! (laughs) What a great personality. A pharmacist by trade. And on Saturday nights, the unofficial scorecard keeper for all those great HBO fights and some not so great. Let's go back in the hot tub time machine to May 4th, 2012, and my conversation with the late, great Harold Letterman. Thanks for having me. How does one score a fight? Well, listen, you know, they, they, the official answer to that question is they got four criteria. Clean punching, uh-huh. effective aggressiveness, ring generalship, and defense. And that's a lot of, that's a lot of baloney. Uh-huh. I, I mean, you know, the truth of the matter is you're not going to score that 25% equal. I mean, you know, you, right. you're not going to score 25% for defense, 25% for ring generalship. No. A judge watches around, and, you know, you say to yourself, who hurt the other guy more than the other guy hurt him? Right, you go with your the gut. guy that did okay. more damage, you give him 10 points. The other guy, you give him 9 points. It, 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 they really confuse it with these other terms like ring generalship and, right. you know, an effective what aggressiveness does, well, What does and defense, ring generalship mean? Where you put a guy in a position that you want to put him in. In okay. other words, if you want to take a guy up on a ropes and hammer him, that's good ring generalship right. if you can keep him there. You know Basically, the guy who's you, the general in the air. Yeah, the other, it, the the guy other one's the private. What's going on in the ring exactly but you know you really only go to that when you can't decide around based on clean punching if, if mm-hmm. you could you know if you can tell who's landing the, the cleaner harder better shots doing more damage that's the guy that wins the round every time you give him 10 points you give the other guy nine points i mean it's that simple it's like watching two kids in the street fighting right. you know which one's doing you know more damage winning. that's the guy that gets 10 points <laughs> you see they, they, right. they confuse it with these other with these other issues you know it's a shame sometimes you'll see an aggressor win a fight when the truth of the matter is is that the guy backing up landed more punches you know landed the harder shots so you know really you gotta you, you have to concentrate you really you know concentration is about 99 percent of it you really got to watch what's going on in that ring and say to yourself who did more damage and that's the guy that should win the round Do it's you, that simple when you're in a bar and guys are talking the boxing game let's say and it's had to happen to you even in, in, a, in a bar in, a, in an airport where they don't know you do what you do but you just start talk boxing right. and then people say that's ah, all fixed. And they start coming up with these cockamamie schemes about why why Vegas wanted this guy to win or that guy to win. As a judge, it must drive you crazy. No, it's what makes boxing interesting. Uh-huh. I mean, you know, uh-huh. people, you know, if people agreed with me 100% of the time, boxing right. would be dull. Right. Uh, it's the controversies. People love controversy. I mean, they just love it. They eat it up. Whether they admit it or not, they right. eat it up, you know. So everybody's got an opinion. And I got to tell you, you're not going to believe this. But some of my best friends, the guys that, you know, disagreed with me, I didn't know these guys from a hole in the wall. They right. called me up, cursed me out a couple of times. I listened to what they had to say. I, I try to digest, you know, the way they sort of fight. Right. And, and, you know, that's how you learn. And and I become friends with guys just, you know, going over scores, you know. Well, saying, because they might, even yeah. though they think you're a jerk for scoring it that way, know, but then you realize nobody, they might have something interesting to I'm say. I'm not the smartest guy in the world that yeah. nobody else is either, you know. I mean, 
exactly. You know, you have to listen to what people say. Because once in a while, you know, you're going to say, you know, maybe he was right. Maybe exactly. this is how I should watch a fight in the future. Maybe I should look for what he's saying. You'd be surprised. I have a chat group full of maniacs, but I got to tell you, every one of them is a real expert on boxing. And, uh, you know, they kick around fights and we kick around decisions and, you know, what happens in fights and who's the better fighter. We've been doing this for years. Uh, it's amazing. Sometimes they really put a lot of good ideas in your head. You well, know, you're the only famous. We're talking to boxing judge Harold Letterman, the guy from HBO. Jim, <laughs> that guy. Harold, uh, usually the only famous boxing judges are the ones who screwed up. You're probably the one with the best reputation because you well, really listen, can't you screw up. You're not I, part I, of the I, official scorecard. Yeah, it's true. But, you know, the truth of the matter is that there are fights where people just don't agree with me, and that, that happens. Right. TV takes away a lot sometimes. You know, you, you really get baffled with television. Right. Number one, you lose the velocity of the punch, and that's the most important thing. You know, the velocity of the punch is what's determining who wins the round. Right. And, and very often you lose this on TV. I remember years ago, uh, this is how I learned this. This is interesting. Years ago, Roberto Duran was fighting uh, was Hector Camacho in, uh -huh. in Atlantic City. And one of the judges was a real good friend of mine. He was a good referee. He was a good judge. He passed away. His name was Paul Venti, V-E-N-T-I, from New Jersey. And Paul was a darn good judge. Anyway, Duran's hitting Camacho, you know, on TV with monumental right hands. Right hands that could have knocked over telephone poles. Hector's running and jabbing. The end of the fight comes, you know, and Hector wins the decision, and the whole world is screaming. So I, I, about a week later, I ran into Paul. I said, Paul, tell me about uh, Camacho and Duran. He said, Harold, he said, there was no doubt in my mind that Hector Camacho won a fight. He said, Hector Camacho had good snap on his jabs. He was moving. He was going laterally. Uh, Duran would hit him one tremendous right hand in a round, maybe two tremendous right hands, and people were thinking that Duran was winning a round, and he wasn't. You know, Camacho just kept snapping that jab into him, snapping that jab into him, doubling up, throwing you know, two, three, uh -huh. four punches at a time. You know, I didn't want a decision. So, you know, sometimes you really get fooled by TV. Another thing, uh, on TV, you get a one-dimensional view. When, you, when you're at ringside, right. you, you can see the whole thing. you got a three-dimensional exactly. view. There's no doubt about it, you know. You lose a lot on TV. High-definition television has helped tremendously, tremendously, uh -huh. because you see much more in a ring now, Right. believe it or not. Oh, you see God. a lot more than what you used to see in the and old have, days. And nobody, have you ever TV'd I mean, it and taken a look at HBO exactly. with the job they do? High oh definition and talk television about the lighting, because so HBO much. does a brilliant job with I the know. lighting. It looks like H HBO happens to spend a lot of money on production. I mean, ah. Showtime does also, but we right. really go all out with lighting, with sound guys, you know, with sound equipment and whatnot. It's amazing. Because, but, you know, I live in, in, in L.A. It's a film town, and, yeah. and, and I, I have friends who are interested in the film business, and mm -hmm. even if they aren't that much interested in boxing, I pull on... HBO, uh, I, I TiVo the the fights. Yeah. I put it on. I say, look at this lighting. Yep. Because because yeah, all you, great films you, are about you know, lighting. I, it starts I, with I, lighting. I often say one of the most valuable people in boxing is somebody that nobody ever heard of, and that's Rick Bernstein, the executive producer of HBO Sports. Why? He's the one that comes up with all these innovations. Oh, he hires the lighting guys and the sound guys. He may not even know who the heavyweight champion is, but boy, he knows how to light up a ring, you know. And he does a great job. Well, at another it. He a, a lot another of money. unsung hero at yeah, HBO. Exactly. Liev Shriver. The Liev guy. Shriver. Yeah, we were well, how do about I say that. his first name? Liev. Okay. Liev Shriver. Liev Shriver. Because you asked me the trivia question before we came on the air and that was 
who does the voiceovers for right. HBO 24 does, and I knew it being yeah, a voiceover a, geek myself. Exactly. He does a marvelous yeah. job with the documentaries. Oh, I mean, so I, I try to get, I you try wonder to get if the, the documentary. You wonder if it's is the TV show that good or is it just the voiceover? I know. He is really <laughs> terrific. I, I try to get the, uh, you know, the Ray Robinson documentary, the Joe Lewis documentary, and he said, no, nope, Leah Shriver has got a contract, you know, and he does a wonderful job. I mean, I, oh. I don't knock him. Now he's, you know, he's doing a 24-7 series now, so he's he, excellent. he is terrific. He you really know, is excellent. And the reason why I knew the answer to that, when I was a kid, and my, my grandfather grandfather loved boxing uh, and I learned everything about boxing from yeah. my grandfather who was a boxing judge and uh, he, uh, he we would sit in his house and I'd say hey grandpa that's Burgess Meredith that's uh, that's Fred Gwynn he was Herman Munster and I would tell, start telling him the commercials would come on right. and I would tell him who was doing the voiceovers and he would look at me like how do you know this <laughs> stuff but I wanted to play with microphones oh. growing up and you wanted to become a boxing judge from what age and how did you become one well, well, how, how, you know, it's funny. No well, one, no one's a kid and says, "I want to be a boxing <laughs> judge." Or, or where are you? Well, my father was a huge boxing fan. He started okay. taking me to fights at a very young age, and uh, you know, I like to keep, I like to sit there and keep scoring. And you know, I got out of the army. I started going with with uh, my wife Eileen, and you know, we'd go to Madison Square Garden every week, and we go to Sunnyside Garden, and I was always keeping. Oh, score. what a romantic! You yeah. took your wife to oh, the fights. Oh my God! Oh. Well, you know, how generous was? of my, you. My father-in-law, <laughs> my father-in-law was an inspector with the State Athletic Commission, so he was oh, always okay. around. Eileen was used to going to fights. So I went to the New York State Athletic Commission. I said, I'd like to be a judge. They said, you got to get some experience. I can understand that. I said, what do I have to do? They said, go to the amateurs. And I judged amateur boxing for two years. I got to tell you, it's an amazing experience. I judged 20 fights a night. Five days a week, they used wow. to pay me five dollars to judge twenty fights, sometimes twenty-five fights in a night. I, I understand now. I love that. I, yeah. I, I thought it was fabulous. I understand now that they're not even paying the amateur judges in New York. Wow. They do it for free just because they love it. it. It's a completely different game than pro boxing. But I'll tell you, amateur boxing in my day was really different than it is now. Now they fight with headgear. Nobody boxes anything. You know, nobody blocks anything. They stop everything with the headgear, which, you know, turns you off. Uh, in the old days when I was there, in 1965, people used to, you know, they wouldn't fight with headgear. They used to actually block a punch. It was a different ball game. Yeah. Now, how did you know? We, we only have a short time left here. How did you, we're talking to Harold Letterman, the world-famous boxing judge, but the one that people like, because normally people <laughs> don't like boxing judges because they've screwed up in one way or another. But you can't screw up since you're the unofficial scorecard at HBO. How did you know when they hired? What year did they hire you? And how did you know? How'd they know you'd be able to do it? Throw to you, talk well, for 20. Is there a window? Is it 20 seconds? Is it 10 seconds? Is it 30? You must have a, a you, you got to fit it into a window. What's the window? You know, in time, I don't really know. Okay. But, you know, I got to get my scores in and shut up. I've always right. got a director from my ear yell, Harold, shut up. You've gone long enough. <laughs> but anyway, Beers of May, uh, it was back in 1986. I was watching okay. a fight on TV one night, and I got to know the HBO people just from fights that I had judged in New York at Madison okay. Square Garden. So I'm saying to myself, you know, what I'm looking at and what the announcers are saying is just two different things. So on Monday morning, I called Ross Greenberg, who at that time was producing all the fights for HBO, and I said, Ross, it's Harold. I said, uh, listen, I said, you want to get a judge to keep score for you. I said, your announcers don't know that much about the rules, and they know less about scoring. <laughs> he says, right. Ross was very innovative. He was the one that brought in the copy box guys. Right. Right. He said to me, Harold, he said, that may not be a bad idea. He says, I'll call you, and I didn't think anything of it. So, about two weeks later, he calls me up and says, Harold, how would you like to work a fight for us, you know? So, I said, sure, why not? So, that, that's where it started. Harold Letterman, rest in peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E. 
AV on YouTube.